Welcome to Intentional Balk. I'm Lou Landers. Find me on Twitter at Landers Talks and all my baseball content at drrodo.com. Joined here as always by my co-host Mark Mancini. Mark, let everyone know where they can find all your work. Well, first of all, this is the show that's sweeping the country. It's most uh, talked about across the boards, man, with you as my co-host. Vice versa, man. I love it each and every week. I know next week is July 4th, so we're on archive version of it. But man, oh man, XM203, Series 217, Sports Byline. You can catch us. And uh, also, WWDB AM860 Talk in Philadelphia. If I'm not doing that, the Pittsburgh Pirate Podcast with first base coach Derek Brock and the Pirates, man. Yeah, you, man, got a, you got a you got a lot going this. on, Mancini. Lots going on. Might be the busiest man in the industry. <laughs> well, I'm blessed, man. You know, if you believe in yourself, surround yourself with good people. That's the key. I couldn't agree more with that. And we have a lot to break down here, man. There was a thrilling series in the Bronx this past weekend with the Astros and the Yankees. Bryce Harper injured. Tough-looking injury. Tough break for the Phillies. NL wildcard race. Very wild. Dave Roberts makes a proclamation about the NL West. And there's two starting pitchers that we should really start paying attention to as we get closer to the MLB trade deadline. We'll start with that series in the Bronx. Yankees, Astros coming in. Both the uh, best records in the American League. Of course, the Yankees on top right now. Uh, and it looked like all Houston early on. They gave one uh, three-run homer by Bregman early. Stanton responds. Another big home run by the Astros. Looked like they had that game wrapped up. And then Aaron Hicks, who's basically been non-existent this year, ties it up. Aaron Judge wins it. Yankees take game one. Astros take game two. Pretty commanding pitching performance from Verlander. Then the Astros combine no-hitter. They shut down the Yankees. And everyone's thinking, oh, this is it. This is the Yankees. They're going to start to fall. The Astros, are they better than them? And then through six innings, Astros... No hitting the Yankees again in the fourth game yesterday. And then Giancarlo Stanton hits a home run. Will Mayhew ties it to three. And then Aaron Judge continues his MVP season with a three-run walk-off homer series split between these two excellent teams. Judge walks off both victories for the Yankees. Houston Astros pitching fantastic in this series. On paper, this looks like an ALCS preview. Lots of baseball here left and, of course, postseason baseball. But two excellent teams going at it in the Bronx in a hell of a series. Well, I told you last week that you have to watch out for the Houston Astros. When you have a division pretty much wrapped up, they'll probably wrap this up. Like you said, everybody in the division is going to have to play six, 700 baseball to even have a chance with the Yankees playing 400 baseball. And the Yankees haven't shown me they're even close to playing 500 baseball. So let's give the division to the Yankees. But let's talk about these teams that can give the Yankees a problem in October. And Houston's one of them. You know, Dusty Baker can match wits with uh, Aaron Boone over there. You know, and, and they got to pitch in the Astros. And people talked about, you know, well, they don't have Garrett Cole. They don't have Charlie Morton. They don't have this guy. They don't have Springer. They don't have, you know, Correa. But you know what? With Bregman there, Altuve there, Verlander there, you know, this is a team you got to really watch out for. And they're, they're, they're testy in the playoffs, man. They are. You know, they're, saw, what, ALCS five straight years? I mean, they're, that's, well, that's for a reason. Well, not only that, we, you, you saw, I think it was last year or the year before, when I think the A's beat a made out of tender in the regular season. Didn't phase those guys. They went in there and took the A's completely out of the equation. 
you saw what they did to Minnesota when Minnesota was talking about, you know, doing something. So I, I think the one team you got to fear there in the American League is the uh, Astros. And then keep your eyes on Toronto. And if the White Sox can get untracked here, you might have to make a move with Tony LaRusa there because the White Sox have been underachieving this year. But, you know, this is going to be the real story for the Yankees uh, come in October is who's coming in hot. Who's going to be the Washington Nationals of 2019? that are going to knock me off my throne. Yeah, because no, there's a lot of good teams. I mean, let's not discount Tampa and Boston either, both very good teams. You did miss Jordan Alvarez where you were talking about all the Astros stars. I mean, he might be the best of the best on that team right now. He's just amazing. Well, and that that's it. But, you know, they got bats. I mean, they got proven bats there. Mark, in October, can... though, more times than not, it's going to come down to the pitching. And I look around at all these teams, and the only two teams that really stand out from a pitching standpoint that also have the bats are the Yankees and the Astros. The Rays can pitch. Bats leave a little bit to be desired. Red Sox and Jays can hit, but there are some questions about those teams pitching. Now, Boston without Evaldi and Sale, come playoff time, you add those two to a rotation, suddenly Boston's a much scarier team, and they're, I think, 19-4 and in June. So Boston's playing great even without those guys. Um, The Astros, they looked good in this series pitching-wise. We know they have Verlander, and he's amazing. I mean, you match him up against anybody, especially come postseason, you feel pretty good. But after that, as good as Javier has been, as good as um, Luis Garcia has been, as good as Robert Valdez has been, none of them strike fear necessarily. After Verlander, there's a big drop-off in terms of the Houston Astros pitching come playoff time. And same thing for the Yankees. They're getting great stuff from Montgomery, from Nestor Cortez, from Tyone, from Severino. But after Cole, it's a major drop-off. Well, you're absolutely right. But you know what, what, what I look at with the Astros is the, we, you know, you, you look at how the New England Patriots were built in football and everything. You can bring guys in there and they fill those roles significantly. And that's what the Astros done. They, they bring in key guys and, you know, they don't have the household names with that pitching staff and everything. But, you know, I'll tell you one thing, and, and people might not be aware of this. You get into the playoffs with these guys. And I think they're they're more feared than the Yankees. I mean, the experience and everything. They definitely are. They definitely yeah. are. And you look just at last year. Javier was pitching in the postseason. He was good. Valdez was good in the postseason. Luis Garcia, excellent in the postseason. The Astros pitcher pitching, much more playoff experience, much more ready for the big time. Uh, now, of course, these teams wouldn't face each other if things are going as they are. They wouldn't face each other until the ALCS. So that would, of course, give both teams an opportunity to gain some of that playoff experience. But if I'm the Yankees or the Astros, for that matter, I'm rooting for everybody else to beat those teams. I don't want to face each other because aside from those two teams, maybe Boston with how they're playing, but I do expect them to cool off at some point. You don't want to face the Yankees if you're the Astros, and you don't want to face the Astros if you're the Yankees because you should feel pretty confident facing any, anybody else at this point. Well, well said. And, you know, with the Red Sox, they're starting to heat up now. Seven in a row. Alex Cora has got them Mark, playing. Mark, 19 and four this month are the Boston Red Sox. Yeah. It's, no it's hotter amazing. team in baseball. They're it's, playing great. And the, the other hot team is in the National League, and that's the Atlanta Braves at 19 and five. Yes, so. Atlanta, Atlanta playing great as well. Speaking of the National League, we got the wild card race to break down. But first, this Harper injury going to hurt the Phillies' chances for sure. Phillies in that wild card race, and Bryce Harper, without a doubt, is their best player. 
He is their best player. He's their best hitter. Of course, he hasn't been playing the outfield this year. Been stuck at DH uh, because of an elbow injury. But now losing his bat for what looks like probably the remainder of the season, certainly all of July and August, it uh, looks like. And they're in trouble in Philadelphia without Bryce Harper. The only positive you can take from it is Philly's a really poor defensive ball club, especially with Harper not being able to play in the outfield, Schwarber and Castellanos having to. With, with Harper going down, Schwarber or Castellanos, one of the two can shift to the D8. So maybe their defense improves a little bit, but at the expense of their offense suffering greatly. Well, I'll tell you, and you know that leads that'll lead us into this, you know, WWE event that took part in Anaheim yesterday with the uh, Mariners and the Angels. But just to uh, look at the situation uh, with Bryce Harper, I think Bryce Harper to me is one of the best players in baseball. I, you know, he's well on his way to get a back to back. Hopefully, if, if Goldschmidt uh, can lighten up a little there in St. Louis to get another MVP. Well, he's not going to uh, get it now, Mark. You can't miss eight weeks, typically, uh, like Harper's going to, and actually win well, an MVP well, unless no one else is doing anything for those eight weeks. I mean, he's not. He's probably not even the front runner right now with Goldschmidt being there. Freddie Freeman's going to get votes as well. Mookie Betts was until his injury. But the eight weeks that a guy like Goldie and Freeman are going to have to build on their resume, the Harper's not. Uh, my bet would be against Harper being in even the top three and LMVP voting at this well, point. Here, here, here's the thing where I can shed a little light on it. And you're absolutely right. But when I look at these other guys that you mentioned, Goldschmidt's got a lot of guys over there in St. Louis that help compensate them. You know, Arenado's over there. Are you telling else. me the Phillies don't? You're telling me the Phillies don't have real well, Muto, Hoskins, Costellanos, and, and Schwarber? Well, yeah, I mean, those, you, those guys those guys are, you know, either they hit a home run or they're striking out. So, I mean, still you got to, you, you know, you can, you can pitch around those guys to a certain extent, but Freeman in, in L.A. has got Trey Turner. He's got Mookie Betts. He's got guys there. But getting back to this, you know, getting guys, you know, going up, I just don't understand Major League Baseball with the way they protect the players and everything. How come we can't get gloves or something where they can protect their thumbs or something, you know, things like that. People are getting hit all the time. And I just think, you know, we, we see it with the elbow, people getting hit in the elbow, you know, in the 97 mile an hour fastball, we can protect that. How come we can't protect at least somewhat the thumb? Um, I mean, I'm sure they could make extra padded batting gloves but then you'd get guys saying they're not comfortable they don't feel comfortable gripping the bat the same way um, I'm sure someone will work on that I'm sure they'll try to implement certain things I know they've tried to make the helmets better over time obviously the elbow and the knee and the shin guards and everything but uh, I mean the, the hands so important when gripping the bat when swinging the bat you really don't want to mess with that as much as you want to prevent an injury uh, you also don't want to mess with the guy's consistent um playing you know consistent at bats and what they're doing at the dish so i see from your standpoint but it comes down to what the players are comfortable with yeah rightfully so and man oh man i don't know if you saw that uh, yesterday in anaheim I, i've seen some brawls and i was talking it over with Tarek, but this is the problem when you see a team like eight times in pretty much a week uh you're gonna have something like this it started friday then they hit trout saturday and uh, I, I, if you're going to hit somebody, hit him in the rear. Don't go for his head. Oh, yeah. If you're actually now with Blake's now hitting Harper, that wasn't intentional. And those guys have been playing against each other since they were like 10 years old. So not that one. But yeah, if you're going to hit someone, um, you know, 
throw kind of behind them, hit them in the rear end, maybe in the worst case in the back, but don't start throwing at heads and at fingers and at elbows. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. What's Jesse Winker doing? He's flipping to the crowd off in Anaheim. The other one's throwing sunflower sleeves, glacius and, and bubble gum onto the field. Eight guys ejected. It went on for 20 minutes. This, this was a classic, man. Yeah, it was definitely a Royal Rumble. I will give you that. NL wildcard race. It's a pretty good one. I mean, we know the Mets still surviving without Grom and Scherzer. They'll get them back. We know that the Dodgers and Padres really fighting it out in the NL West. Giants sticking around, but we don't expect them to necessarily be the division winner there. But certainly in that wild card spot, I mean, you got the Mets, Dodgers, and Brewers currently as division leaders. Cardinals and Brewers are going to be battling that out all year long, uh, with the other one probably getting one of those three wild card spots. Then you have, again, the Padres, probably second or third best team in the NL, but stuck behind the Dodgers at least right now. Braves, you mentioned they've been really good lately. Uh, they are of one of those wild card spots, but you got the Phillies and the Giants on the outside looking in. Phillies might take a step back with the Harper injury. Giants kind of right there, but if you had to pick two of these teams to kind of lose out on a playoff spot come the end between the Padres, Braves, Cardinals, Brewers, Giants, and Phillies, pick two of those teams to miss the playoffs this year. Well, I think the Brewers would miss it. And the Giants would miss it, but here, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna shed some. So light you think on the it. Phillies I, have a chance to get in then? Because if the Phillies don't get in and the Giants don't get in, then the Brewers probably do. If the well, Brewers here, and, and Giants miss it, the Phillies are probably in. Well, here, here's the thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be an optimist on this. The Pirates started six rookies yesterday. They got four veterans coming back. They got 15 games against the Braves, Phillies, and Mets. They got three with the Giants. That's 18 games. I mean, can you imagine if the Pirates win, like, say, 14 of these 18? They could be in the thick of things here. Uh, so I like I like the percentages. You know, you always say it, you can control what you can control. So if I got 18 games against four of these playoff teams, I'm pretty feeling pretty good about myself. And that's not including the Brewers and Cardinals in this mix with six against the Cardinals in the regular season. so uh, Yeah, well, but you're know. you're expecting the Pirates to even win half of those games, and they're not going to. So let's not pretend that that's going to happen. It's not. I'm sorry to burst your bubble, and I know you had to well, get your Pirates let, talk let, in there, but let, come on. Let, let's, see, let's see how the Mets stand. I mean, they've been, they've been dodging bullets here. No DeGrom. You know, no, no Scherzer but, here. But by the end of next month, you could have Scherzer and DeGrom back in that rotation very fast very plausible and suddenly the Mets go from being a good team to a great team again and if you go right. into October with a healthy Scherzer and healthy DeGrom I give the Mets the favorite in the National League if they have those two guys in a and, playoff and, and, and series the, Bra the Braves are hanging in there but they blew a game yesterday because you could probably steal second and third by the time Kelly Jansen gets the ball the home plate they got a problem in Atlanta his delivery is creating a lot of problems that's why you got to bring them in when there's nobody on base. Yeah, that that was a tough blow for the uh, Braves because the Mets had lost to the Marlins and the Braves could have gained that game on them. Uh, it was definitely a big loss for the Braves to lose that game late after great pitching from both uh, Strider and was it Gonsolin yesterday for the Dodgers? Yeah, Gonsolin yeah. for the Dodgers. And look at the Dodgers now, man. 
You know, you, you got Hudson gone for the year. Trinan hasn't come back. Kimbrell, you don't know what you're going to get. There's no Bueller till September, no Bauer there. Uh, Dustin May hasn't come back. You don't know what you're getting with Kershaw. These Dodgers could be had. If, 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 you know, they're, they're, they're getting that timely hit. But you know what? There's a lot of injuries in L.A. And San Diego now with Machado out probably a month. Tatis Jr. coming is back. That, uh, is and, that the case with Machado? Because I've read a number of conflicting reports on, on, on uh, Manny. Yeah, he, I think he's out a month. Really, because I the last I saw, he's been taking um, pregame warmups since like the middle of the week, and he's I, don't know. I know he's missed six straight he's... games, but he's taking batting practice, he's taking warmups. Um, it, it's they've talked about him possibly coming back this week. Well, if he does, you know, when you I mean, if, your obviously, hands, if he goes on the injured list, you know it's more serious. But the fact that they've kept him off the IL and he's been warming up every uh, every day seems to me that uh, that they have no interest in putting him on the IL, and they're hoping that at any moment he could come back. And I'm also wondering if maybe he could come back, and maybe they have to find a way just to DH him to get that bat back in the line. Yeah, maybe not might, have him play yeah, in the field. Exactly. That might get him back a little sooner. Um, they do have that luxury, although they would, of course, then have to have one of Voigt or Hosmer on the bench. But uh, you want Machado in there over anybody at this point. So, well, um, not only that, if you know a sprained ankle is almost like breaking an ankle. So. Yeah, you might at times it's worse because yeah. the break the break it heals the sprain can linger and linger and linger so yeah they have to be very careful they don't want him to get worse and miss even more significant time but uh, as of now they're, they're they have hopes that he's back some point this week Manny Machado so that would be a big series boost. with the Dodgers starting Thursday so that's huge I'd I'd um, al- I'd almost consider even if he thinks he's ready letting him sit out the next three days Monday Tuesday Wednesday and hoping he can get back into lineup even as a DH against the Dodgers because you don't want to go in to that series and maybe lose three or four um you know and lose a bunch of a bunch of ground there you want to at least split those four games uh so yeah definitely big there but speaking of the Dodgers speaking of the Padres the NL West Dave Roberts Let's just say a lot of crazy stuff. He basically guaranteed a Dodgers <laughs> World Series before the start of the year, which I thought was stupid. But he claims the NL West is the best division in baseball. I strongly disagree with that statement for a number of reasons. Do you agree with him? Do you disagree? He, I, I, I like Dave Roberts to a certain extent, but what the hell are you smoking, Dave? Come on, man. This division's a joke. Smoking all that free, all that uh, easy access California bud, clearly. Yeah, well, not only that, I mean, does he think Arizona and Colorado are as reputable as, you know, uh, Baltimore and all these teams? I mean, Baltimore's taking their lumps in the American League East, but let's face it, guys. I mean, four of these teams could come out of the American League East representing. Yeah, uh, not to mention Baltimore. Baltimore is not even playing bad baseball. Baltimore is actually playing pretty good baseball. You take them out of that division, and they're probably a 500 or better team in any other division. I mean, as a fifth-place team, they're about as good as it gets as, as a last-place team right now. Yeah, he's trying to sell tickets. That you know, Let's face it. When you look at that, I mean, come on. Gosselin and Anderson combined 17-0. and 0. You weren't counting on these guys. These guys were battling for the fifth spot in your rotation. And can you imagine, Lou? If they didn't have these two guys, the Dodgers would be buried in this division. Yeah, it would be tough. And again, 
and uh, West is good. There's two very good teams, and the Giants are uh, much certainly an above-average team, a playoff possible team. But I'll go a step further. I don't think it's even a question. A at least with those four teams could all be leading divisions in any other division, except for maybe the the AL West, because Houston's very good, as we've mentioned here. But Yankees, Red Sox, Rays, and Jays, all very good teams. Um, that alone makes that division better than the NL West. But I'll give you a division in the NL that I think is just as good, if not better, than the NL West. And that's the NL East. You got the Mets and the Braves, who are both excellent. The Phillies, although they lost Harper, are equal to the Giants, in my opinion, at this point. And then you look at the fourth-place team in Miami. Great pitching. A good young team. Are they good? Are they great? Are they playoff-bound? Highly doubt it. But I'll take Miami over Arizona or Colorado any day of the week. So that, in and of itself, to me, makes the, even the NL East better than the NL West. We're talking about probably the third-best division in baseball, not the first. But nice try, Dave. Yeah, exactly. And the Marlins are loaded, man. Their farm system is loaded. Jazz Chisholm is excellent. I mean, he's an exciting player there. Uh, and the Phillies are loaded in the farm system, too. So you're right. The top to bottom, you, you've seen what these divisions. Padres have unloaded a lot of their talent to get, you know, some veteran leadership there. But, uh, yeah, the Dodgers, I mean, come on, man. I mean, they have the best division in baseball. You need to have, you know, at least three to four teams in there. The Giants are going to fade here in another month or so. Look at the Reds beat them four out of six this year. Yeah, well, the, again, the Giants are adequate. They're an average team. Yeah, and, and they and, might and, not even, and, and, and they might Colorado not be. And Arizona done. Yeah, well, also the how good would the Giants be if they didn't get to play Arizona or Colorado as much as they do? You put them, you put them in even the uh, in the NL East or something. Not as good. He put them in the NL Central. Maybe as good because you got the Reds and the Cubs, but the Pirates aren't a pushover necessarily. And the Brewers and the Cardinals are great. You put them in the NL West. The Angels could put up a fight. The Mariners, Texas could put up a fight. Um, I mean, the Giants are good because of the situation that they're in, in that division. Sure, the Dodgers and Padres are tough, but they got two teams to beat up on constantly. Uh, so, yeah, I think the Giants are a little overrated, and I think that entire division is overrated because even the Dodgers and the Padres, who are playing good baseball, get to beat up on those really bad teams. Uh, the the biggest break the Yankees and Jays and Red Sox and Rays get is Baltimore, and Baltimore's not a pushover. Baltimore's played all those teams well this year. Yeah, not only that, if if you have the toughest division in baseball, you, you've won the division eight of nine years. That means your division was garbage. I mean, look at look at the look at the Dodgers division titles there. Look at the rest of the division. I mean, what, what, did did I ever see three, four of these teams coming uh, out of that division when the Dodgers were winning eight out of nine division titles? I didn't see that. I saw a team running away with the division. No, last year I thought maybe there was going to be three teams. Because the Giants were having that incredible season as they did. And the Padres, until that late collapse, um, were looking good. I thought maybe three teams. But generally speaking, no, you're lucky to get two teams from that division. Yeah, in 2019, they won the division by 20-something games. Yeah, which is a joke. An absolute yep. joke. And it's crazy because yep. you look at the AL East and look how the Yankees are playing. Put them in in a lot of the other divisions, they're up what like fifteen plus games, sixteen plus games on some of those teams. Even in well, even even with the Boston nineteen and four, they're over ten games ahead of the Red Sox still. Uh, I mean well, that's 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 crazy how how good they've been and how good and that American entire division League, is. Top to bottom, if you, if you take off you know the four teams in the American League East, 
You bring in the Astros. You can probably get the you know Cleveland's pitching. Cleveland's good. White Minnesota's still finding ways to win. The White, White, Sox, White Sox. Yeah, even with the White Sox struggles, they're still better than a lot of teams in the AL and in the NL. They're not an easy team to face. There's eight teams in the American League. You're not going to have eight teams coming out of the National League that can match up to them. No. And American you know what? League. Texas. Not a bad team. They're not great, but no. they're not a bad team. Seattle starting to play better. We know they were supposed to be a better team. They're not an easy team to face. The Angels can hit despite their pitching kind of imploding on them. I mean, there's there's how many easy teams are there to be in the American League? The A's, the Royals, the Tigers, and maybe Baltimore, who I don't even think is easy anymore. Maybe so. Maybe three, four teams in the American League that are easy to beat up on. There's at least six or seven easy teams to beat in the National League. Cincinnati, Chicago, Colorado, Arizona, Washington. Washington. I'm going to throw Pittsburgh into that. Sorry to tell you. And Miami's not easy to beat, but they're not tough either. You can almost right. throw Miami in there and have six, sorry, seven um, easy, easy-ish to beat teams in that in that league. And you know what? The Phillies. I don't want. I don't want to rain on their parade, and they've played great under Robbie Thompson. But losing Harper, the back end of that bullpen still, the back end of that rotation still, they might turn into a pumpkin and an easier team to beat as well as the season progresses. Rightfully so. They need pitching. They do. And speaking of needing pitching, not just the Phillies, pretty much any playoff team needs pitching. You can never have enough pitching, even if you're fully healthy in your rotation as it stands now. Injuries will occur. Uh, guys, either with workload management, um, dead arms, whatever it might be, there's two big name starting pitchers that are going to be heavily coveted as the trade deadline approaches. One, Frankie Montas from the Oakland A's. One is Luis Castillo from the Cincinnati Reds. And not only because those teams are bad and they'll be sellers, but both those teams trying to shed all their payroll, both those teams going nowhere fast, and um, both those players controlled next season. So they're not even rentals. We'll start with Montas. They've already traded away Manaya. They traded away... Uh, Chris Bassett, and they traded away Olsen. They traded away Chapman. So we know the A's are fire selling. You're looking around, who's going to want Montas? Well, the Red Sox, the Rays, the Jays, the Yankees, Houston, Minnesota, Chicago, in, meaning the White Sox, um, the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies, the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Dodgers, the Padres. Padres might be the only team that doesn't need them because they have great pitching. But all those teams we've talked about as elite potential playoff caliber championship series, World Series contenders, would need a guy like Frankie Montas. Well, yeah, he's, you know, this is going to be interesting. And you know what? What if he ends up in San Diego to be reunited with Sean Manea and uh, Bob you know, Melvin? Bob Melvin down there. So. You know, who knows, man? The Padres, I mean, they, they've already got enough pitching, but you can, you know, they they might be just trying to unload it where they have two pitching staffs going. Yeah, but uh, imagine uh, imagine you add Montas to the current Mets rotation. He probably becomes their number two until DeGrom and Scherzer are back. Uh, Montas probably goes into the middle of the Braves rotation. He'd be number three in Philadelphia. He could be arguably number one in Los Angeles until they get Bueller. No, number two behind Urias, but until they get Bueller back. Um, he would be at the back end of the Yankees rotation, but Cortez Jr. hasn't thrown over 120 innings in a season. Severino barely threw 20 innings in three years. Tyon's always had injury problems. So, yeah, I mean, you're going to need some pitching there. 
for the Yankees as the season progresses. Houston probably doesn't need it, and they may not want to trade within the division. Um, but the White Sox could certainly use him. And you look at Minnesota, one of their biggest issues has been pitching, especially come playoff time. If you get Montas to go with Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan, got a pretty decent three-man rotation there come the playoffs. So Frankie Montas could help a lot of a lot of people out and you look at Luis Castillo I mean the Reds would be crazy to hold on to him at, at this point he's been a very productive pitcher throughout his career the Yankees been linked to him for a while but if you think it's just the Yankees and one other team that are going to be interested in Luis Castillo you'd be fooling yourselves every team well, that we've, we've mentioned in the Montas sweepstakes going to be interested in Luis Castillo and whichever one is sold first the second one's going to go for even more because all the teams that miss out on Montas are going to push even harder for Luis Castillo, let's say, if Montas were to go first. Well, Joey Votto would be another one. Wouldn't you think Joey Votto would, would fill in at it, Willie, for uh, a playoff uh, team too? Yes and no. I mean, what maybe the Red Sox are lacking some first-base production, so maybe Votto could work there. Uh, but most of these teams are pretty set at first base. Yeah, you'd have you, you could always bring him in there as a DH role if you want, spell a little relief here and there. But his bat is potent. Yeah, and there's right a lot of the- money there though too. I mean, some of these teams aren't looking to take on the Votto contract either. Uh, whereas Castillo and Montas control through next year in arbitration. There's not a set large amount, large sum, um, and it's not that these. Some of these teams are big market and they aren't cheap by any means, but they also don't want to take on an aging player and a big contract when they have their own guys to sign in the offseason and, you know, make a splash in free agency next year. So Votto's a bit of a tougher, a tougher spill. Well, also not a starting pitcher, of course, but in terms of the Reds and players they could trade, Tommy Pham is someone I would look at if I'm trying to get someone from the Reds. A solid third or fourth outfielder, a guy that's um, only on a contract for the rest of the year, so he'd be a rental. He could fit nicely in Cleveland, potentially. Um, could certainly go back to Tampa Bay and help them out with all their injuries. Um, maybe could go to New York and get Gallo or Hicks off the field with consistency. So Tommy Pham could be of interest, I think. Yeah, Wilson Contreras would be some, somebody you want to pick up. Jason Hayward. There's some guy Andrew here. Benintendi, I think, is one of the biggest names out there. A uh, guy that the Royals clearly don't have any need for for the remainder of the year. He's an impending free agent. Guy that can hit at the top of the order, can play all three outfield positions. Good contact, bad. I could see him improving every single one of the teams we've talked about here as playoff contenders. Definitely. God, what a show, brother. Yeah, very good stuff here, and it's only going to heat up more as these races get more intense, as the playoff picture starts to form more, as the MLB trade deadline approaches. We won't be here next week, as you mentioned, July 4th and everything, but uh, maybe we will uh, kind of promote all the episodes we've had thus far so people can listen to those and get ready to come back on what would be July 11th. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Well, before we wrap up, any final thoughts? It's nothing on the Pirates, please. I've had enough of that today. (laughs) (laughs) You're tired of the six rookies in a lineup and bringing back the veterans now off the injured list. But, no, I can understand. They got a a three-game series in D.C. But, no, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for the four-game set uh, between the Padres and Dodgers this weekend coming up. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, Uh, Jays and Red Sox battle it out. Uh, starting tonight, so that should be a really good series. 
as well. I think the Yankees and the Guardians play next weekend. Both teams playing pretty well. So there's there's some there's some good series to take a look at coming up this week for sure. I think there's another one that really stood out to me at some point. Oh, Twins and Guardians battling it out as well. Um, so those are those are some uh, division rivals fighting for the top spot in their division. The Yankees and Astros have one game on Thursday in Houston. The Phillies and the Braves face off. The Jays and the Rays eventually face off. So some really good rivalry, tough matchup, divisional games going on this week. Definitely important to watch for, see how it affects the standings. Well, not only that, the Astros are staying in New York too. I mean, look at, look at they, got, they play the Mets. Boy, that's a long stay in New York. It reminds me in the middle, I think, of August uh, where the uh, Pirates will be in New York. But next week, no show. But I will tell you this, July 5th and 6th, your Yankees are in Pittsburgh for a two-game series. Yeah, I'm expecting at least a split, maybe a two-game sweep. Yeah. I wonder <laughs> if I wonder if Cole or Tyon will be starting one of those games back in Pittsburgh because that would be cool. That would be interesting to say the least. Yeah, that would be cool to see. Um, maybe Clay Holmes gets to dominate his old team as well. The Yankees, the Yankees love reclamation pirates projects. Yeah, yeah, no Don't doubt they? about it. But I can see the New York faithful making that trek to Pittsburgh to see that two game series. I would, man. What a beautiful stadium that is in Pittsburgh. Yeah, definitely, man. So man, very good I stuff, can't man. Believe it. I'm gonna miss you next week, brother. Yeah, I'll miss you too, man. But uh, it was great chatting with you today, breaking down all this awesome stuff. I hope everyone else that's listening and has listened enjoys. And thanks for tuning in to Intentional Balk, everybody. Lou Landers with Mark Mancini. Have a great two weeks. We'll catch you July 11th. Happy 4th of July. Early 4th of July regards. Take care, everybody.